Welcome to the Bulldog Broadcast. I'm your host for the Field of 68 Media Network with our Gonzaga-centric conversations. I'm Dan Dickow, former player. Today's guest, one of the insiders, knows all the ins and outs of this year and years past because he's been the voice of the Bulldogs on the radio for quite some time. You may know him as Huddy. His real name, Tom Hudson. Tom, thanks for joining Hey Dan, thanks for having me on. It's uh, it's great, and I always joke when I, you know, I used to do this when I first started. You'd laugh because you know you'd, you'd get somebody on, you'd be like, oh yeah, the longtime voice of you know X Y Z, and then all of a sudden you wake up one morning and you're that longtime voice guy, and uh, <laughs> it's, it's crazy how quickly it all moves along. But uh, it's yeah, it's it's been a blast. It's been a heck of a run. <laughs> so how many years is it for you on the radio side? I know uh, you know. I graduated in 02. I believe Dennis Patchen was the radio guy. Then Greg Heister had a short stint before he moved over to TV. Uh, so how long has it been for you? This is my 20th. Yeah, it's my 20th year on the radio. It's, it's been pretty crazy, Dan. You know, I, I moved to Spokane in 1996. I was working in TV at the time. And uh, so I've been fortunate to see this entire run. You, you know, it was actually funny. I, I always joke, uh, the first Gonzaga TV story I ever did was on Matt Santangelo. Uh, and so I was... <laughs> I always joke about that. It was his, uh, his red shirt freshman year. He was moving. He was going to be the starting point guard. And I remember talking to Fitz about it. And it's one of those things that just sticks out in your mind. He was like, hey, I'll tell you. And, you know, Fitz, he was so self-depreciating. I'll tell you how big an idiot I was. He was like, you know, I had John Stockton. I didn't start him. You know, because at the time, no freshman uh, had really started uh, for GU, especially the point guard position. I mean, it just didn't happen in a mid-major league. And, uh, and so it was kind of funny. So I, I go back to, to 96, covering the team, which has been awesome. But I mean, 20 years on the radio, you know, was what I always wanted to do. I, it was funny. I'd had a conversation with my dad uh, at, at one point, and, you know, I said, hey, you know what, it's like TV things working pretty well for you. But he's like, but I think that might be, you know, what, what you want to look at. And, and obviously, I could have never expected that it was going to get to this, right? I mean, when I took the job, I was like, this is great. And, you know, you guys had just finished, and, you know, it's like, okay, wait. So... Elite Eight, Sweet 16, Sweet 16, and back in the NCAA tournament, you know, you didn't, you had no idea this was going to happen. And for me, it was just a great opportunity to call, a, you know, Division One games. I mean, what an unbelievable experience for, and you know how hard it is to get into this thing and, and to really get it rolling. And then, uh, like you said, to be able to say, you know, 20 years, it, it's been remarkable. So 20 years as the, quote, voice of the Zags, you also call other sports, if I'm not mistaken. Am I correct? Do you guys, you do you do the baseball, and then what other sports do you call yeah. as that voice? Yeah, so baseball. So I call baseball as well, and you know, and that's been fun, and that's a, a tremendous thing. You know, hey, and I do a lot of stuff, do a lot of banquet stuff, and you know, you're around as much as you can be around, you know, the other sports and the other coaches, and and I've been fortunate to get to know, you know, a lot of the people around you, obviously being around, and so. Uh, you know, that's been fun. I mean, honestly, you know, a lot of the coaches at GU are some of my very best friends. And so that's that's been really cool. But, yeah, baseball has been great. And, and uh, you know, I was just having this conversation with Gary Bell Jr. We had him on uh, our Murphy radio show on Monday. And I said, you know what, Gary? I said, it's funny. You know, it's like I grew up in Texas and I have no business living in Spokane for 25 years. You know, my intention was always to go back home and be close to my family, you know. I said, but you know what? I, I said, winning's fun. Yeah, you know, and it's like in covering a winning program, uh, is is great and you look at obviously basketball has been so phenomenal and then our baseball program has been great too you know coach Mactoff and and you know coach Evans and uh and you know now Brandon Harmon and, and Steve Bennett when he's here I mean we, we've had some really good success on the baseball side as well and like I said you know from playing you know winning and losing I mean it's a you know and being a part of, of you know winning teams and winning stuff 
it, it excites you. It invigorates you. It keeps you around a little bit. And so, like I said, here I am 25 years later, and uh, and I think I can be here for a while. I really like it here in Spokane. Awesome. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Winning breeds winning, and winning cultures in one sport a lot of times kind of bleeds over to other sports within the athletic department. Now, in that 20 years of, of calling games, you've had a chance to work with a number of really good guys, guys that are friends of mine, guys that were a big part of the program, uh, Matt Santangelo, Richard Fox, Corey Violet, and now Adam Morrison. Can you give us a quick scouting report, if you might, on each of those guys in the broadcast booth? Because I'm sure they bring their own strengths. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting, Dan. And, and to me, it's one of the things when I talk about Gonzaga and when you're, you know, explaining to people kind of, you know, what's it about Gonzaga and what makes it special and everything. And, you know, I think for me, I mean, the, the names that you just listed, you know, I mean, everybody's a former player, right? And it's special that so many former players still live in our community and, and come back to our community. Uh, and then you look at everybody, you know, I mean, well-spoken. And like you said, they, they have, you know, good thoughts and, and there's a work ethic there. And so, you know, it's funny, my first few years I was by myself. Uh, and then we had Richard uh, come on, uh, you know, when we had home games. Like, you know, I actually had him on once at halftime. And then it was like, hey, you know what? I'm sitting here by myself. Why don't you, you know, just stick around and you can do a little bit. And then, uh, and then we ended up working that into him doing home games with me. And then that following year, he started to travel with me. And, you know, that was great. It, it, it was fun working with Richard and getting to know him. Obviously, like you, he was a broadcasting major. And I know you guys went through with, uh, with Dan Garrity. And, um, it, you know, it, it was fun you know, having somebody, because it was really my first time to, to work with somebody. And Richard was, was a great guy to, to have doing that. Uh, and then the one thing about the job, you know, for me, it's how I make my living. You know, for guys that are, that are my sidekicks, you know, that's not necessarily the case. And they have other jobs and they have stuff going on in life and kids. And, uh, and so, you know, when Richard wasn't able to do it, uh, you know, then all of a sudden we have, you know, Matt come on and then same deal, you know, so Matt, it's great. Everything's going fantastically life you know i don't want to say gets in the way that's not yeah. fair but you know life happens and, and so he couldn't then we had Corey on uh for the one season uh and then and then on to mo and so it's been really interesting to see i, I think the different outlooks you know the different way that guys kind of see the game right with richard you know he had a very you know i, I don't want to say unique perspective but as a you know as a seven footer you know as a guy yeah. who would transfer in and who had been around and who had seen another program you know he, he brought something to it and then you bring in you know, a point guard uh, who, you know, who was there and, and helped the, you know, get this thing started. And he's got a, a different way of looking at the game. Um, I'm sure you deal with that, you know, with, with you and Richard, when you, when you guys are talking on TV, you know, and then bringing Corey in, I mean, Corey had his own very unique way of looking at it again is, is a big guy. Um, and, you know, and then Mo, it's, it's fascinating, you know, having a guy with a true scores mentality and then a guy who, you know, was a part of that deal. I mean, that was in my entire 20 years, the craziest year by far, you know, back before the internet and, and social media and all this stuff. I mean, we, we always talk about, Hey, it was like the Beatles, you know, traveling around and how crazy that was and, and all the excitement and all of it. And he lived through all of that. Right. And, and he was all of that. And, you know, and he has all these great NBA stories, you know, he'll, he'll start kind of bringing out and, and talking about those kind of things. So, it's been really interesting to see, especially three completely unique, you know, you had the two big guys and then, you know, and then a point guard and, and now a guy who scored the heck out of it, you know, and he starts telling some of those stories, you know, Hey, you know, he'd look over at the scores table towards the end of the game and they were going to sub him out. He'd miss the second free throw on purpose. So he could get up a couple more shots, and, <laughs> you know, you get some of that stuff from Mo that uh, uh, is, is pretty funny. And, and so it's, it has been fun. And like I said, it's been great to have so many guys are, you know, a big part of the program come back and be a part of it and be able to share the experiences and, 
and to see how much they care. I mean, obviously, you know, so many people heard the the game against UCLA and, and heard Mo and, and his reaction to that and just the, you know, the raw excitement and energy about, hey, Gonzaga just, you know, won and is going. You know, I remember sitting with Matt in 2017 and and literally tears, you, you know, come. I mean, I'm, I'm trying not to look at him because I don't want to cry, you know, and, 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 you know, just the emotion and, and how much everybody cares about it is something that, that's really special about what I get to do. Before we move on to the next topic, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet Rivers Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they are offering a $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one playthrough to turn your bonus into cash money. With their new Rush Pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in on the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Yeah, you, you kind of started alluding uh, to the next question that I was going to answer. You, you've been in this for about 20 years. You've called great teams. You've been able to call two Final Four appearances and two title games that unfortunately have, have resulted in losses. Uh, most broadcasters, that would be the pinnacle of their career, calling those type of games. What was the experience like for you? Uh, Dan, it was incredible. And, and you know, the, the funny thing is, I want to go back. It was really funny. When we were in Houston in 2015, uh, before the Elite Eight game against Duke, you know, we're sitting there at pregame meal and, you know, everybody's kind of leaving and, and we're sitting there. You know, the coaches usually hang out a little bit. And Dan, uh, Donnie Daniels comes up to me and says, Hey, he's like, What's your call? And I was like, What are you talking about? And he's like, You have your, your final four call? And I was like, What, what are you talking about, Donnie? You know, it hadn't really clicked. And that's not usually how I do things. That's just not my personality. You know, I'm not going to have the witty, you know, that's, but, you know, I didn't, hadn't really kind of put any of that together. Knowing we were 40 minutes away, it still wasn't hitting me like, oh my gosh, this is going to be a, this enormous deal. I mean, obviously you knew the, the gravity of the situation, but in my mind, I wasn't like, okay, I need to have this, you know, this thing. So, you know, I kind of laughed with Donnie after that, you know, and, and we've joked about it over the years. And he'll still say it when he comes back down, even before 2017. It's like, hey, you know, what's what's the call? Or Mark Livingston, our boss, he would say, hey, you tell Huddy, make sure he has a call. And, and so, you know, in 2017, it was just unbelievable. I mean, that whole buildup to it, right? And, and the fact that, you know, you had the thrilling game against West Virginia. And then the Xavier game was a blowout. So you were able to kind of appreciate a little bit and, and see it. And then getting to Phoenix. I mean, what a crazy thing, Dan, because, you know, and I've gotten to know uh, Matt Park from Syracuse a little bit over the years, just seeing him at different tournaments and stuff. And he, he sent me an email. It was very nice. It was like, Hey, enjoy it. This is going to be incredible. You have no idea, you know, just the, the enormity of the whole thing and people are going to want, you know, to talk to you and all this stuff. And, and it's going to be great. And it really was, it lived up to every single thing that you could possibly imagine. And, and you well know, being there, you know, that night that all the former players went in and the fact that there were so many guys there, you know, that night before, I know we had done a, an hour long show uh, down at Marley's, I believe. And then, you know, when everybody stuck around, there was a big party and, you know, and, and the, the celebration and the, the pure joy of for, you know, 18 years, we had all said, gosh, is this a team that's going to do it? This, this team can make it, this program can make it. And, and then for it to actually happen and to see everybody that was such a large part of it, or so many of the people were such a large part of it, be there and be able to, to experience it was fantastic. I remember actually, 
uh, you know, we were sitting there before the final four game and Mo comes walking down, you know, on the stands, he comes walking down to join all the players and he's wearing a, a tank top and he's just yeah. red as a lobster and people are cheering and going nuts and he's holding his arms up in the air and, and everybody was just so excited. You know, it was, it was so cool, you know, and, and then the games themselves, I mean, just that feeling of, Hey, we're here and this is happening and everybody's watching and everybody's paying attention. And this is a huge deal. It, it was so much fun. And, and, you know, winning that game against South Carolina and, and just having that feeling of, okay, you know, over all the years, and I was doing a lot of radio interviews at the time. And, and I would say, you know, hopefully this, lets people stop saying what haven't they done and opens yeah. up the door to look at what they have done. So now yes. we can add a four, four to all these sweet 16s and these elite eights and, you know, a championship game and all these things. And, and that part was, was very powerful, I think, because now when, you know, because you've heard it, you know, a million times, Oh, you know, Gonzaga doesn't ever beat anybody or they've never advanced to this. They've never done that. And, and that kind of, you know, took a little bit of that weight off and it was fun to be able to point out to people now, Hey, look, Look at all the things that this program has done. It's actually pretty remarkable if you look at this this stretch. And, you know, the championship game was weird, Dan, because I remember when we walked out after the game and you're sitting there and you're thinking, my gosh, we were so close. And, and there was such a great opportunity to win this thing. And as we packed up after the post-game show and we're walking out of the arena, I remember Matt and I and a couple of our administrators we were all walking out together. It's like, how are we supposed to feel? You know, on, on one hand, it's like, my gosh, the, the most historic season in, in school history. And this is awesome. We had the championship game and we were, you know, 30 seconds and maybe a bad call or two away from winning a national championship. So we should be thrilled. And then the flip side is, but wait, we were 30 seconds and one or two whistles away from being the national champions, you know? Yeah. And so I remember that being a very strange feeling walking out of obviously the pride and, and being a small part of, of seeing what the program had accomplished, uh, but also kind of wondering like, well, how, how are we supposed to feel? You know, are, are we elated? And obviously you're elated. I mean, you know, I mean, you'd be an idiot to say that, that, you know, that you weren't happy with, you know, making the championship game and being that close, but you know, as the competitor, you know, there's always that thing that's kind of it's like, man, we were so close. Like we're disappointed. No, we can't be disappointed. Like we just played for a national title. So it was, uh, it, it was a great feeling that whole weekend. Uh, it was just phenomenal. That whole week, I guess I should say. Yeah, obviously. I was down there, um, you know, enjoying and celebrating Gonzaga's success. I, I had a few broadcasting obligations that week as well. Um, but I love hearing people who are close to the program like yourself share their perspective because I, I think it brings in players, brings in close media such as yourself, brings in the fans, um, all of that. And so it's great to hear those perspectives. Last thing I want to touch on, Tom, before uh, we, we, we head out our separate ways today is this team is unique this year's version, 21-22 season. Um, preseason number one, a lot of it was based on having preseason player of the year, Drew Timmy, coming back as well as just a loaded freshman class. I, I think the room to grow has been bigger than any other team that I can remember in recent memory for Gonzaga, and we're just now starting to see that potential really starting to blossom. What do you see? I, Dan, I, I agree with you. You know, I, I think it's funny because, it, you know, and, and obviously it's easy for me to say, well, gosh, I think Baylor should have been the number one team. But I mean, if you look at what they had, plus their recruiting class and that they had won the national title, you know, I, those preseason rankings, I think, get right uh, maybe a little bit ahead of themselves. And and, and I agree with you. I, I mean, obviously, having Drew and Andrew back, you're like, OK, this is great. Uh, we've got a really good core to, to build around. And Anton, this guy who's been in the program, but 
bringing in so many new faces. Yeah, and I, I think we've, we've all kind of talked about there are going to be growing pains for this group. You know, last year we knew, right? I mean, going into the season, yeah, hey, we've got a chance to, to make it, not run the table. We've got a chance to play for another national championship. You know, coming in this year, I think everybody just kind of assumes, you know, okay, well, it's got a bag and got this recruiting class and they've got some guys back, so they're going to, you know, they're going to do this. Well, yeah, I, I mean, freshmen have to learn, right? And, and, and teams have to come together. And last year was such a veteran group. And a, and a historic group, right, that, that did so many great things. And this group comes in, and there's a lot to live up to. And it's going to take time, right? I, I mean, even for Chet, for being the number one ranked recruit in the country, I mean, you saw him play his first couple of games, and you've seen him, you know, play those games against tough 25 teams. And now we see him playing two months later. Chet has improved. Yeah. He's gotten better to learn how to play at, at this level, I think. You know, and same thing with Hunter and Nolan. I mean, with each passing game, you know, you see Hunter flying around doing some things. You see Nolan playing with a little bit more confidence. And, you know, I th- I'm with you. I think by the end of this year, this team is going to be so markedly different you know, in the yeah. middle of March than it was, you know, back in October when, when they got together. So, you know, I, I just laugh hysterically. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, when people say, what's going on with the boys or how are we? You know, it's like, well, let's see. We lost to Duke, you, you know, in a game <laughs> we had a chance to win. Uh, yeah, okay, and we lost to, you know, an Alabama team that's, you know, was picked to win the SEC, and outside of that, like, are we forgetting the team that, that thumped Texas, or are we yeah. forgetting the team, that, you know, that beat Texas Tech, that just beat Baylor, that has two top ten wins over the last week, so, you know, I mean, the expectations are so sky high, uh, in a lot of ways, that's a good thing, I think, but, you know, the flip side is, every once in a while, we have to kind of say, okay, wait a second, you know, and I think with this group, you know, that's been it. And I think we're starting to see it, you know, come along. Like you said, I, I, I think these guys have a great chance to be so much better uh, as the season keeps moving on. And it's amazing to see this week, uh, you know, and, and I, I don't know about you, but for me, it's always interesting to see how guys approach the WCC and, yes. and moving out of when you play all these, you know, top 25 games early, and then you move into league play and what your attitude is. Well, BYU, you know, and we've seen them, you know, there's been some words out of Provo a little bit. And there was a big long article in the athletic today that, uh, you know, had a few things that we're kind of talking about it. And so it'll be interesting to see how fired up the guys are uh, on, on Thursday and hopefully they continue to improve because I think, you know, this as well as anybody, you know, coach few has done just a masterful job of keeping guys focused and dialed in and not losing games they, that they shouldn't lose. And so, you know, hopefully they continue to do that and continue to grow towards, uh, you know, towards March and hopefully, you know, towards April. Yeah. Uh, the way it's looking is it's a deep potential run in the NCAA tournament for Gonzaga. Well, Tom, I appreciate the time. I do enjoy listening to you and Mo when I don't call the games myself and I don't have access uh, because of whatever's going on in in my busy life to watch the game. So I appreciate uh, you and Mo's coverage and calling of the games. And uh, travel safe the rest of the year and go Zags. All right. Hey, Dan, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Great talking to you. 